You know what really makes us mad is wasting money on CDs with only one or two good songs. Yeah, tell them about punk. What's up, posers? Welcome to Punk Lotto Pod. I'm your co-host, Justin Hensley. I am your other co-host, Dylan Hensley. And this is the show where we assign our guests a year, and they choose one punk, hardcore, emo, or punk-adjacent album from that year for us to talk about. Today, we are talking to Scott Hicks of the band Totally Slow. They're Greensboro, North Carolina band. They just released their new album, Casual Drag, on Refresh Records. It's a fantastic, like... Fast-paced punk rock record that borrows from like I mentioned it a little bit in the little interview section, but the San Diego Jehu Pitchfork family tree kind of crossed with like adolescent-style hardcore and some some gray matter DC hardcore, really really good stuff. And uh, what are we talking about today, Dylan? We are talking about the year 1988 and the record Field Day by Dag Nasty. The third LP by the legendary uh, DC hardcore band. Emo core, I guess you would call it. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if you would call this record emo core. I don't know what you call this record, but we'll yeah. get into it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you want some more of our goofy, divergent <laughs> conversations, head on over to the Patreon. For $1, you get access to all of our bonus audio. For $10, you can choose an album for us to talk about. What are we talking about on Patreon this week? Oh, that's mm. right. We So we've been doing these last FM 5x5s, and I think we're kind of going to adjust that. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to tweak that format, largely due to the fact that I don't think I can fill a 5x5 in time to record it. <laughs> yeah. uh, my listening has been much more sporadic. Um, so it'll just be what what we've been listening to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, doing a 5 by 5 too, it kind of messes with, like, some of the other things we do for the show. So, like, some of the special episodes or the album listening gets, like, trickled in there. So, it, yeah, it's probably just going to be more of a what you've been listening to. So, uh, you can do all that over on Patreon.com slash PunkLottoPod. We're on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at PunkLottoPod. Email address, PunkLottoPodGmail.com. Voicemail, 202-688-PUNK. And Substack, punkladapod.substack.com. Hopefully, I will write something for the Substack soon. <laughs> I, um, you know, I was just thinking about this this week, feeling kind of like hard on myself for like how I've I've struggled in, into getting into my routine since moving. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, you know, it's been I've been here three months. I feel like I should have been able to get into a better routine, but I was realizing like. My life has kind of flipped entirely from the last four years where I was working pretty much morning day shift, uh, you know, to working almost the complete opposite. So (laughs) I'm going to be a little more gentle on myself and say it'll take as long as it needs to. And this that's my little Bob Ross feel good (laughs) uh, send out for everyone. Just be gentle with yourselves. 
Yeah, I have to remind myself that too sometimes whenever I'm like, I got all this to do. I've got all this homework to do, but I've got to do the podcast and go to the dentist and the vet. It's just like all this stuff piling on at one time and I'm like, it's so much. It's like, I don't have to do some of this stuff. So let myself cut myself some slack. But uh, that's a weird little uh, thing we never do on this part of the show. But okay, here we are. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Felt weird. Felt like we yeah. should go into this episode with as positive feelings as possible. Yeah, um, it's a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> Some technical difficulties during the recording process. So partly through the recording, Scott lost power, and therefore he lost part of the uh, recording that he was using. Uh, he wasn't able to get the whole recording back, so he sent us what he has left. I, too, forgot to hit record on the Skype backup recording until we'd been talking for about 10 minutes. <laughs> so now it's going to be like a Frankenstein episode that may jump in the middle. It depends on what, what happens here with the editing. But So what you'll hear is we'll pick up in some of the interviewee section. It might sound a little lower quality for a little bit, but then on the other side of it, it should sound much better. More like this intro sounds now. So... Please enjoy. It's a really good episode. It's really fun. Uh, yeah, it, was a, it was a really fun conversation. Um, I think there's plenty of good laughs in here and some good insights as well. But enjoy the show.
So we're here with Scott from Totally Slow, and it's funny because Dylan and I we 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 message back and forth like all day long about various different things. And uh, when I was telling him we were talking to you and you know about what album and all the stuff we're going to be talking about, we kept referring to you as like Totally Scott. Uh, it's funny we we've kind of danced around each other in like the same circles for a couple years now. I was I was trying to remember if I've ever seen Totally Slow live. The only thing I could think of was maybe at Fest, but I'm also not a hundred percent sure. We've done that with a few North Carolina bands, though. I feel like where we've we've been like aware of them, and it's just like it's just never lined up to where we would see them because I feel like it was it was a long time before we saw All Right. Yeah, I didn't see was... we didn't see All Right until we saw them at Fest, and we didn't even see them in North <laughs> Carolina. So yeah. it's just one of those you just never line up for some reason. How long has Chuck been in the band? I definitely mm-hmm. thought. He'd been in it for a minute. Because then I read an interview you did with another site, and it was talking about the lineup changing. And the way it was worded, it made it sound like Chuck had just joined, too. I was like, yeah, no, yeah. I don't think that's true. No, no. <laughs> that didn't make sense. Yeah. No, we changed bass players, and now we're kind of like just playing it by ear. Because Kate was playing with us for the last two years, and she hasn't been able to do this next run of things. So we did everything in September as a three-piece Chuck just went to base and um, that actually works great. But um, for this next run and then November run, and then who knows going forward, we've got Eddie Sanchez from Chapel Hill playing bass and he's like a real musician. So we're all <laughs> trying to keep up. <laughs> he plays in, um, he was in that band Fin Fang Foom and oh, he's in cool. the, he's in the, he's in the love language and like, so he's in like a lot of different things, but um, this will be his first kind of run of run of stuff with us. Yeah. That's cool. I think I've seen Love Language Live. I feel like I have. I don't remember 100%, but been to a lot of shows. Yeah. <laughs> that, seems, that seems to be your thing with a lot of bands. You yeah. don't really know. If you've seen. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Maybe it's because I didn't like them that much. And <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's exciting. The record, like, I feel like I saw this record talked about more online than in the last couple albums. I don't know. If, I guess that PR is really like actually showing. It does work. And then, and I think, too, I mean, the second album, which I think is a really I really love that album. But I don't know. It was released at a weird time. I feel like we kind of dropped the ball on pushing it properly. We just kind of put it out there and let it sit. And that's pretty much what it did. So, yeah, this one's definitely got got more heat on it. We had a couple of, you know, like the large and grace thing was like crazy. Just she just sort of randomly started saying that we were great. And that got picked up and then you know it's just just random shit helps you know yeah yeah i mean one of when one of the uh biggest punk celebrities for lack of a better word is like telling yeah. people your band's great like that's only yeah going to help. It, uh, it definitely helps yeah <laughs> i woke up with like a million twitter alerts and i was like did i get fucking canceled today like i <laughs> what did i say that was something terrible but um yeah that was cool that was a good day now we need the eve six guy to retweet you well he did he <laughs> did oh, that's right i remember <laughs> i did see that conversation yeah. well was it over yeah. it was i t- no i i it was like i i just tagged him and posted one of our first single videos oh, and i was like yeah. what do you what do you think and he redid re- it and said this is fucking sick i love it <laughs> so that that goes into the like review pile right yeah yeah, that should be like on printed on your next record. What a weird fucking timeline we're in. 
where we're even where you even just mentioned that guy. Like, how what is happening? I don't even understand. So, long time <laughs> listeners in the show will know I've been defending Eve Six on this show for years before his okay. before his uh, Twitter explosion. So sure, uh, I, I'm I'm a real one from ninety. Uh, 90- Eight or whatever year that record yeah. came out. <laughs> I like to think that we contributed to his uh, his success. Um, yeah, it was mostly you guys from. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. We definitely planted the seed. Without you guys, there's no uh, resurgence of Eve Six, and there's um, no spinning out podcasts. We've absolutely determined. Yeah. <laughs> See what else this we can inspire. Good. This is going to get us in so much trouble. <laughs> have no idea. I I think. I think he would appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I remember when the record came out, I think, I think we're in a really cool period for like independent DIY style, you know, type music because like it's in the last two years since basically 2020 and everybody being forced in their homes and just Mm -hmm. staring at their phones all day. It seems like everybody's like looking at new bands like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and the the playing ground as far as who's able to sort of do the big tours and stuff that got leveled a little bit because nobody was able to do that. You know, so that's kind of like we're playing as many shows as the Rolling Stones are right now. You know, a year ago it was like uh, no competition in that regard was good. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. bad. We couldn't do it, but right. You know, we're not in a place in our lives where we can do. I can't just like check out and fuck off for two months and play shows like i can't do it so you know we're doing these spurts we're doing this five whatever day thing tomorrow and then we're doing it again going north the next month so yeah i mean uh, that's i mean it's perfect for now like it's definitely like not not as much i don't know competition like even though the shows are back sort of they're not as frequent i feel like and they're not as yeah I don't know. They're all like happening on the weekends. It seems like, like even like that's a good bands. start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I'm still waiting to see if because I felt like it was getting oversaturated to the point where and this is, sounds elitist, I guess, but there was just no curation going on. It's just like every oh, yeah. band gets to play all the time everywhere. It's like, well, <laughs> I'm not going to go to anything like there has to be some curation or standard of something going on. I know around yeah. here it was just like these small venues are like, why is anybody coming to our seven shows a week? You know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) because it's too much. Plus we are still in a pandemic. So there's a fraction of the audience out there that doesn't want to go to shows still. Yeah. I mean, I mean, right before all that, kind of where we were at. So I'm hoping probably mistakenly that some of those standards will change. And, but it's still, you know, we're still playing shows where there's four or five bands. It's like, (laughs) Yeah. They still start at 10 o'clock at night. You know, like it's still, there's all these things that I was thinking, hopefully we could like shift a little bit, but yeah, we gotta, we gotta kill punk time. I know That's... it sucks. <laughs> Some of us have to work in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I know. So the record came out on refresh records who we're mm-hmm. fans of that roster over there. Uh, yeah. How is it? How's it been working with them? Awesome. He's done uh, very, very easy. Um, a lot of the same kind of basic structure that we had with um, the other labels that have put out our other records. He had a little more, I think he has a little more resources, like we said, for PR and um, for merch and things like that. Everything was a little more official, but um, it was great. I have no complaints. 
Yeah. Yeah. We, it's a good label. We, yeah. Good label, good bands on there for sure. People yeah. we know as well. We get to, we get to meet a couple of them. We're playing with them on the same bill at Fest. So yeah. we'll get to see Bitch Seat and Hit Like a Girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They've had a good they've had a good year of records as well. So I'm glad the record's doing well and uh, excited that you got Fest coming up. So we'll definitely, I'll definitely make an effort to actually try and come see you guys at some point. It's kind of ridiculous that I haven't. I I may have. That's the weird part. <laughs> I guess Charlotte would be the most make sense for you, right? That would be the. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably Charlotte Greensboro. Hickory's a weird spot where it's basically like an hour from everywhere. So okay. an hour and a half. So I can go anywhere and see you. Together that hickory fast, man. We'll come. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So let's get into the rest of the format of the show. So right. premise of our show is we assign our guests a year and they choose one punk, hardcore, emo, or punk adjacent record from that year for us to talk about. And before we get into the record you chose, we gave mm-hmm. you the year 1988. So what are mm-hmm. some other albums that came out that year that you almost picked for us to talk about? Well, first of all, 1988 is the year that I was 16 years old. Oh, yeah. So that was the year I went to my very first big punk show, um, and that was Seven Seconds. And wow. they were on Ourselves tour, and the Ourselves album came out that year. And that, that, al- that album jumped off the list to me. Definitely not my most like beloved Seven Seconds record. A perfectly good record, but um, and an amazing show, which broke me and turned me into this thing you see now that's pushing 50 and still doing this shit so so i was thinking about that too that year was also the year i went to see the bad brains and the and leeway opened and the leeway album came out in 1988 that born to expire a hilarious and awesome sort of metalcore thing i don't know if you're familiar with leeway but i've seen the name on the list but i don't think i've actually listened to the record yeah that they kind of blew everybody's mind that night. I mean, I remember everybody went home a Leeway fan from that show. Gosh, I mean, I'm scrolling back through this list. Sonic Youth, Daydream Nation. I remember when I first heard that CD at my friend's house. I remember, gosh, and there were some that I was throwing out at you, like Victims Family, No Means No, stuff that you, that me and, you know, 20 other people care about, but big records for me. What a year, especially for like alternative rock. I mean, you've got like Susie and the Banshees, Pixies, My Bloody Valentine, The Fall. I mean, Dead Moon. It's crazy. What yeah. a year. I, I was surprised because um, like we, we've not had a so like the late 80s are like a weird period for like punk music because mm-hmm. it seems like the kind of things it's a lot of like the old hardcore bands for the most part are done. Like the early 80s bands are done. They've shifted into their like new projects later mm-hmm. you've still you've got like a new wave of bands that happened post what 86 mm-hmm. you have like the birth of like what youth crew and like that type of new york hardcore you do but you also have like fugazi yeah <laughs> i mean like I like from you know i mean that's a pretty big deal um so yeah and i mean it's funny because and we talked about this on the the josh podcast that i was on about like that that what we're going to talk about our rec- the record I chose but a lot of these hardcore bands that always were kind of experimenting in different weird things weren't just like straightforward you know rehashing like black flag damage basically over and over again 
and they were kind of spreading out. And some of them made these really weird and uh, with the passage of time, really kind of great, great albums. I think at the time we did not like them. <laughs> at the time we were like, I want more of the last record. You know, we wanted. You know, I was a dumb kid. I just wanted more hardcore. You know, and so these bands would come and bring their actual. Um, talents and creativity to the table and i'm like that's not punk rock you know so <laughs> so yeah i mean like uh i don't know if that government issue i might discuss came out that exact year it seems like it was real close if not that same year maybe that was 89 but there was a lot of that going on uniform choice and and even that seven seconds record was kind of their first real like we're just gonna be an, uh, a youtube band now <laughs> they just kind of like really lean they really leaned into it and in on that record so yeah, 88 was a weird year. Verbal Assault, Trial, I don't know if you're familiar with that record. I love that's one of my favorite like hardcore Dude, records. I listened um, to that today cuz I know you you mentioned it and I like I feel yeah. like I was familiar with them somewhat yeah. and I went and re-listened to it and I was like god this fucking rips. Like Yeah. This, I know. I'm, like ooh. they're they're the re- they're the reason that like I have a chorus pedal, you know, like that 80s like just little hint of chorus pedal and everything. Verbal Assault were big on that. And Verbal Assault never, like, broke it. They were never, you know, seven seconds size, like, band. But they all, you know, they were just kind of, I don't know how I knew about them. They were just one of those bands that I was like, well, that band seems to look like those other bands I like. So I remember getting that record and loving it. And that that came out on the same label as what we're talking about, which I don't know if we're not supposed to say it. or we're <laughs> No, it's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> there was something else. Oh, Allroy Says. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that one was a bummer. <laughs> so I you know Alroy says actually really, really ties into our record that we are talking about. So let's just go ahead and say what it is. Uh, uh-huh. it is Field Day by Dag Nasty. <laughs> Dave Smalley was in Dag Nasty, recorded Can I Say, uh, leaves the band, goes to college, and then joins All, like, after. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, All Roy Says. So I, I listened to this today, too, just to kind of refresh myself on this record. and uh, It's worse than it's worse than you remember. It, it is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I listened All to Roy it, and I was like... It's the best um, example of a thing that existed if you are um, uh, of a certain vintage as I am. Because it was back when you had limited money and you could only listen to the records you could buy, right? So, like, you would go to the store with your nine bucks that you had for that week and, you know, a dumb little suburban kid in Durham, North Carolina, like, I don't know what to get. 
So I'm like, oh, this band says it used to be The Descendants. I'll buy this, of course. And then you put it on and you're like, you make yourself like it. Because you're like, this is my new record this week. I don't have any more money. Like, (laughs) I've got to like this fucking record. It was like eating your vegetables, you know? But uh, I never, that was one record where I was like, I can't can't do it. I just don't like it. (laughs) it (laughs) You know, it's a weird record too. Because like, there are good songs on it. There's like a handful of really good songs on here. But yeah, then there's stuff I, like did Bill did Bill produce that thing? He must have. That must have been when he was figuring that out. Because it those guitars sound like kazoos on that thing. Everything <laughs> sounds like weird, thin, papery, thin, like not good. And the I content, just, the content I think is like Sex in the Way and Alfredo's. I was just like, I don't like these songs. Oh. This, this is the year right before the record, the Bad Religion record where mm-hmm. they used the whatever it was that Bill told them to use, like whatever compressor or expander oh, right. or whatever he told them to use that they hated and then had to like reverse engineer. So I bet that I bet that's why the guitars sound the way they do, because this is where he's like, this thing fucking rules. It crushes everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you tired of everything sounding like warm and real and organic and affecting you emotionally? Like this takes all that away. <laughs> And they have a weird yeah. style of playing, too, that's just like, no, you need ev- all the help with, like, the warmth that you can get because, like, they have these it's weird... so technically, like, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like math pop. It's Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I like, I mean, I love, like, Mass Nerder. I love that record. Um, yeah. Breaking Things is like, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just re-listen. I used to always say, like, yeah, I like the Dave Smalley stuff better. And then I re-listened to it. and I was like. Maybe I don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you like Dave. <laughs> like Dave Smalley. You like Dave. I like him in theory. And yeah. Um, yeah. And then, oh, Bad Religion Suffer came out that year, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No Control was the one that, like, they used the thing that Bill told them to use. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Suffer's, okay. suffers rips, too, because it's just like, it's more raw sounding than what they would later sound like. Right. Cool, too. But uh, this isn't yeah, a bad thing. It's just like they're just like such a like uh, state of the art sort of brand. It's, yeah. it's so interesting to see what's happened to the bad religion over time. Um, yeah. But yeah, see. we um, let's let's shift to the actual record we're talking about. So, OK, I got a, I got a couple stats on the album. So Dag Nasty from Washington, D.C., formed in 1985. This is their third full-length album. It was released on Giant Records in the U.S., as well as Fringe Product in Canada and We Bite in Europe. The personnel, uh, the liner notes say, this month, Dag Nasty is, <laughs> which is hilarious, Doug Carrion yeah. on bass, Scott Garrett on drums, Brian Baker on guitar, and Peter Cortner on vocals. Uh, a little, I didn't know this about, some of the members. So I didn't realize Doug Carrion played bass in the descendants as well. He right. was on enjoy and maybe like the live record that came around around that time period. Mm-hmm. He was also, this is really funny to me. He was also in for love, not Lisa. And he's on multiple Cottonmouth Kings records. Huh. He's like apparently really good friends with like one of the main dudes in Cottonmouth Kings. So he's on like three of their albums writing huh. songs. Well, I know, I know like, Diagnosti toured with Descendants a lot, and then they just started kind of mixing yeah. it up. Um, yeah, 
Doug also went on to make uh, music for reality shows like The Biggest Loser and Beauty and the Geek. Did not know that either. <laughs> Weird career. Yeah. <laughs> so Scott, he was new to the band around this time period. He replaced Roger Marbury. He would later play in The Cult, The Mission, and on those same Cottonmouth Kings records. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brian Baker, of course, minor threat, bad religion, government issue, you know, the the lone consistent member of Dag Nasty. Junkyard. And, Never forget oh, yeah. Junkyard. Uh, what was the other one? Dog something. Doggy Dog. style. No, that oh, was he the was other. The doggy, he, oh, was, yeah, the doggy style thing for a second. Or he was in a band with the doggy style guy. It was called like, 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 like dog, like dog a, rock or something like that. It was like a funk, it was like a funk band or something. <laughs> and uh, Peter is the third Dag Nasty vocalist following the previously mentioned Dave Smalley, which Sean Brown was the original Dagnasty right. vocalist from Swizz. And uh, it's funny. There's been this revival of interest in Sean Brown's period of Dagnasty. Mm-hmm. And Dave Smalley kind of gets the credit for being on Can I Say, you know, which is like arguably the best Dagnasty record. You may have mm-hmm. favorites, but culturally it's agreed upon. So, but like Peter's kind of the one that's like, and he was there too, you know. He was, <laughs> he, yeah. He was, even though he's on, he's on, he's on. We got Dinkos, you know. He's well, on. Wig this out is a, I mean, Wig Out is a legit great record too. It's just yeah. very different. But to me, like, I, I just sort of geek out on Brian Baker riffs. Like, I, I like, I just love listening to him play the guitar, even if I don't, even if I don't like the song that much. Like, I just love his riffs. Yeah. I love. I usually love his tone. Like, you know, and like, yeah. I mean, he really started going for it on Wig Out, but then Field Day. It's just pure Brian Baker riff porn, pretty much. Like, <laughs> it's like he's not trying to be cool anymore. He's not trying to be inside of any kind of scene or fit into whatever. It's just like, it's just him going ham on the guitar, and I love it. <laughs> Even though there's some not there's some stinkers on that record for sure, but the ones <laughs> that rock out are, um, I think, are they're great. And Peter does a great job on that record too. Yeah. Uh, first thing I like to ask our guests whenever we get to the album section is, what made you choose this album to talk about? Well, first of all, you you shot down my first like three because <laughs> you, <laughs> <laughs> what, because what, you had already just talked to about those artists in recent yeah. Podcasts, what was so. it? We said um, uh, seven seconds. We did a long time ago. What was the other one that I was oh, like? Man, yeah. I oh, bad religion. We just did suffer. That's right. We did bad a whole religion. episode. There was the government, I mean, government issues crash, I think came out that year. Right. Yeah. And that's a great record. Too. And verbal assault I had thought about, but nah. and then victim's family was actually on my radar, but you, I don't think you felt much about that one. I just wasn't familiar. So with it. it's like sloppy nights. That's why I picked it. <laughs> not, not really. I mean, like, <laughs> no, like I, I like Zach Nasty's an important band to me. So talking about any of their records, pretty much up to field day is like legit. I mean, um, I, I think I bought Can I Say on cassette at like the mall record store because, you know, Discord had that insane distro. I don't know how they were in mall record stores, but they were. <laughs> and so, you know, I was just like an autopilot after that. I mean, anything I saw at Agnasty was I'd buy it. But I actually got they released a 12 inch EP, which is somewhere in this damn stack of records that i could not find <laughs> but it, it was trouble is on one side and then the one two xu on the other side but it was like a 45 rpm 12 inch and it was mm-hmm. green translucent green and it didn't have a cover it was just like in a clear thing with a sticker on it 
And that's what I got first. And I was like, I don't know about this Trouble Is song. <laughs> but then Field Day came out and my friend and I listened to it on cassette like while we were driving to the beach, like the song that's about the beach. And uh, it hit pretty good. I was like, okay, I, I, I feel this. Like I was liking it. But uh, let me pull up. I need to pull it up real quick so I remember the names of the songs. Yeah, well, while you're pulling that up, uh, I usually ask Dylan, uh, what is your relationship, knowledge, feelings towards Dag Nasty before re-listening to this album for this episode? Um, I mean, I think it's, I think it's probably pretty consistent with the majority of people. I n- knew who they were for being a legendary DC band, for being, you know, Brian Baker's band and his guitar playing. Um, all of the stories of Dave Smalley being there on the first record and then leaving and then learning about the learning about them a little later and the red hair connection, really pretty much everything that you mentioned, everything that's really been said previously is like all, none of it's new to me. It's, it's definitely been one of those bands that all of those facts and stories have been baked in, in terms of like actual time spent listening to them. I would say I'm really only familiar with, can I say, properly because i feel like it's the record that i always get stuck on i'm like i want to listen to dag nasty which is admittedly not something that comes up super often for me but it's like when you have a desire to hear those those brian baker riffs it's so easy to just go throw can i say on yeah and you're just like it scratches that itch every time because it's great and it's a few itches because it also always kind of scratched the like next minor threat records itch yeah. yeah, like it's got mm-hmm. okay. What if they got just a tad poppier and like really ratcheted up the production and let Brian Baker just go crazy on the on the octave chords, you know? But so yeah, that record's beloved for that. I think that's a lot of why that record's such a big deal to people is because it was it it really felt like Minor Threat 2.0 in a way when that record came out. Really, more of a more of a progression of the sound that minor threat kind of created yeah than than embrace or oh yeah yeah like i mean it's so much more direct can i say it's much more like minor threat than anything ian did after minor threat i would say which makes sense because ian wasn't brian baker probably wrote the songs yeah i was gonna say ian wasn't the main guitar player so yeah (laughs) yeah but similarly i mean i liked everything pretty much that ian did also because like i love listening to him too yeah i'm looking at yeah. this now ian mckay ever heard of him <laughs> yeah <laughs> said mentioned something about the crazy distribution that that discord had and i i just immediately imagined it's just ian with like a hand truck and like mm-hmm. on a just bicycle. boxes and boxes of records <laughs> yeah 
just like Unlike loading the trucks old, himself. Like one of those bicycles with the really big front wheel and the really <laughs> tiny back wheel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we had Camelot music at the mall, and like they had a hardcore section of tapes, you know, and I could pretty much just go in there and grab something, and it usually worked out. I mean, especially if Discord was the label that it was on. So, but you know, field day would be later than that. I don't remember buying this record. I have it, but I don't remember when it, where I bought it or when I bought it. Um, and I, like I said, took at first I was kind of like, eh, until I was like literally doing what the song field day is talking about <laughs> while I listened to it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I really liked it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's these weird, um, like the ambulance song and, 13 seconds underwater and all that stuff. It's like, ugh. like they're kind of like weird kind of ballads. Like I don't even know what they are, I don't like them. That's for sure. So um, I'm glad you mentioned those songs because like I was listening to the record. And I was like, pretty good. Pretty good. Odd choices. Pretty good. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Ambulance song. Huh? That's kind of weird. Is it this doesn't like a... feel like an album. It feels like here's all the songs we have yeah. right yeah. now. Like it doesn't really, those, it doesn't flow. It's weird. Like, cause like field day, things that make no sense is so good. And then, yeah. And then name of the song is like, and then it's, <laughs> yeah. And then there's like a couple of weird covers thrown in. Yeah. Um, and, and then they redo under your influence and they're like mean in it kind of <laughs> like, they kind of make fun of Dave Smalley or like the way they did it before. It's like, I mean, you got to think that I don't know how old they were when they made this record. 22 or something probably like they weren't old they weren't men yet they were still like and you really get the vibe that they were trying to just really go for it like we want to be a big band and part of that is we need to be shitty to our legacy (laughs) or something i don't know because like (laughs) even i've heard like is listed as a track when they it's you know what i'm talking about like there's yeah it's it's like a weird little skit where they just Mm -hmm. like make fun of (laughs) They just shit on Can I Say, basically. And then they redo Under Influence, and then during the, like, sort of breakdown scat thing that they just, they're just being, like, bullies to themselves. It's so weird. It's like, <laughs> that thing we did before that most people like, that sucks, and you should get into this. You, you should, should get into fucking Yeah, you need to put on the ambulance song and fucking chill out, because that's where it's at right now. <laughs> And it wasn't. They weren't right about that. But also that label Giant is was like the label that all those bands tried to do this on, you know. But I think Verbal Assault Trial is on this Giant too. But they scooped up a lot of um, DC bands. They had Government Issue and Marginal mm-hmm. Man. Um, yeah, I didn't know anything about Giant. So like I went and looked a little bit of their history. And I at first I thought it was... The Warner sub-label Giant yeah, Records? Yeah, right. Yeah, that is a confusing thing. But there were but actually two Giants at the same time. This so one's like, the sub-label of Dutch East India Trading. Right, yeah. Which we talked about with uh, the Naked Ray Gun record, Throb uh-huh. Throb. Yeah. Which, at that time, I was like, what is this label? Like, I'm not even super familiar with that label. Yeah. I know it's, like, a lot of Very, Chicago. a lot of that stuff. Yeah, a lot of Chicago stuff and... Um, I think Government Issue U was on that label too. It was on. It is. It's on Dutch East India too. So. And some like um, uh, some Sonic Youth is on there too. Early Sonic yeah. Youth. Strange. Yeah. Label. Very strange. But then yeah, if you look at like like when I first went to look at Giant's roster, I was like, 
Tone Loke or something. I don't remember what it was. It was like, I was like, there's no way Jack Nasty and Tone Loke on the same label. Um, but like this, <laughs> this giant, I think only put out six or seven records, right? They only put out like Marginal Man and. Um, um, they had a couple. It was like, let's see, I had it actually blow up all the releases. They even had their own sub label too, which is an it's a like sub label of Giant. Yeah, so it's like a sub-label of a sub-label. They had Wishing uh-huh. Well Records was their sub-label. Oh, yeah, Wishing Well. So, like... I have stuff on Wishing Well, I'm sure. That that, that name... There's, like, a live 7 Seconds record. Uh-huh. Boy, that uh, was not a good one. I remember that one. Cabaret like a Voltaire. 30-minute, like, 30-minute reggae breakdown in 99 Red Balloons. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know, bless all their fucking hearts, though. They were, they, they didn't know what they were. All those bands, you know, Circle Jerks, Seven Seconds, whatever. All those bands had these great brands. They could tour all over the country, and hundreds of people would come. And they were all totally broke. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't, they weren't making it at all. They were in this full time thing that was hugely affecting thousands of people, and. I guess they were like, well, how do we, there's got to be a way to sort of take this up another notch so that we can actually like, you know, not work at Arby's when we get back to Reno or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, you, you gotta, I mean, I'm, you know, that, that, this, I was really thinking about this field day record and how they really take a shit on themselves for some reason. All ages show. That's a really good song. That's like a quintessential yeah. diagnostic so like- song. Yeah. I was <laughs> I was listening to this record. I, uh, unfortunately, this is not streaming anywhere, as far as I can nope. tell. That's another no weird Spotify. thing about all those labels from that period. They're all all that shit is gone. You can't find yeah. that seven seconds live record on anything. You can't find yeah. government issue you on anything. It's all just like rotting in a warehouse somewhere. I guess. I mean, I don't even know. Yeah, like it's probably dead stock at like a, a Tower Records warehouse somewhere. You know, <laughs> on CDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, it, I'm sure there's like no master that exists of this record anymore. No, they've taped. They probably taped "Funky Cold Medina" over it, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so the the only thing, even if you did upload it, you, it's gonna be the same. It's just gonna be like somebody rips it's a CD. As good as the YouTube version, yeah. Yeah, there's there's yeah. two there's two YouTube full you know, the whole album in one video and one is way worse than the other too. Uh-huh. Like, and one says high quality. There's a high yeah. quality one. That's all yeah. That's the one I listened to. I listened to the one that said best Good quality. Choice. Yeah. That's what I listened to. I compared them two just to be like, which one does sound better? And it is the one that said that it's the best quality. So yeah. The advertising was right on that one. <laughs> but I was looking yeah. too. I was like, this record feels long and it's like a 46 minute album but it also because like the version that's on youtube is the cd version which includes four bonus tracks yeah okay so the record ends on 16 count which is like him doing that animal impersonation from the muppets yeah and that's when it really feels like okay did you guys just not have a record ready like (laughs) (laughs) we've got okay we've got 27 minutes and he's like well I have that thing I do where I I'm mean to Dave Smalley. I could do that <laughs> for 15 we can, seconds. We could play that one song. Like we could play we could uh, read the you intro your to La Penita <laughs> as a different song. <laughs> 13 seconds underwater. Because that's those two songs messed me up. I was like, 
this song's really long. And then my uh-huh. tracks were off for the, like I write, write notes for the album and I was off on every single song I had. I thought 13 seconds underwater and La Panita was one song. Cause it sounds uh-huh. like the same song. Yeah. And then, so I had the song titles wrong on everything down because I was off by a track. Cause well, they blended they spell, it together. They spell Matt out for you repeatedly in the song, Matt. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. Yeah, of that that's people. where I think I caught it. I was like, "This doesn't, <laughs> this doesn't sound like Dear Mrs. Tuma." <laughs> yeah, I, I like under your song. influence is the like one that, that actually song. I really caught it because I'm like, mm-hmm. "This song's typical." Why do they keep saying "Under your influence"? And <laughs> or no, Matt was saying "Under your." That's that's the order I added. And and like, yeah, really I too. Off. I mean, I gotta say, "Under your influence." That was a retread that did just. There was no reason. There's no purpose for it at all. It's like. Let's redo it and show them how much worse we can do it now, kind of. And what sucks is, like, <laughs> they, they on the CD version, they include these four other tracks. One of them is Nevergreen Lane. I, I could have done without that one. That was, like, the German bonus track or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, Your Mind and All I Just Show and 12XU, I was like, why didn't you put Your Mind and All I Just Show I on know. the album? Why? Which, I know. They had to make room. Brian was really <laughs> adamant. That they put his Dire Straits <laughs> songs on here. I think you're right. Yeah. That's what Ambulance Song sounds like to me. It sounds like it has like a straight yeah. up Mark Knopfler solo at the end of that song. Uh, yeah. It I mean, right, those man. other songs were released on, like, the 12-inch EP and, like, a 7-inch, I think. That was mm-hmm. the... Yeah, so and... I have that 12-inch EP, and I'm trying... So, so All Ages Show was released as a 7-inch. And, yeah, that's so weird that they didn't put it on the record, because it's like, that's the hit. Yeah. That's the well, one. I mean, that's... And they chose the first track, Trouble Is, to be, like, the lead single. And I'm like, uh-huh. this is a weird song to make a single. Like, it's it's fine. I don't I don't dislike the song, but it's yeah, not... Yeah. <laughs> Dagnest. It's not that it's 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 not the one that grabs you. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, it, yeah. I mean, it's probably them trying to say this is where we're going. Yeah, they were definitely putting a flag in the ground on what trouble is as the lead EP, and yeah, and you know, it's funny because they were even they were they were dabbling in this sort of snarky. That last thing we did was stupid. They even did a little bit of that on Wig Out, like. There's a little bit of that. There's a tood. There's definitely some tood going on there. <laughs> is it? Is it Peter? You know, because he's the common. Yeah, I know, and there. he probably wrote the lyrics. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's funny Brian, to think about. Brian is really complimentary of Peter. Like I, I saw something. Yeah. Like, like in '09, where he was like, "I want to do another record with Peter." 
because I think he was the best lyricist in Dag Nasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I was reading the lyrics and I was like these are these are pretty good lyrics, like especially yeah, for yeah, they are hardcore stuff. Like I like Field Day of the song rules, like just lyrically. Yeah. So like I see that, but then also they never did record a record with Peter, <laughs> so it's like yeah, no. that's 2009. He said that like, no. Then they went back and did these records with Dave Smalley that I don't never really spent any time with, honestly. But yeah, they did that. What that seven inch with Dave. The seven inch was with Sean, I think. The, but they did that like minority of one and that um, or minority yeah. majority, whatever, it, and four on one the floor, or whatever it's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So the seven inch, what? Cold Heart. That was with uh, that one was with Sean. The one that's just like a, from a couple years ago. Yeah, is that's with Sean. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, it's not great. I I listened to the Field Day EPs that Peter did with uh, who was it? The Cottonmouth King. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah with doug yeah yeah that uh doug uh and those are great like i really like yeah. those it's just funny i don't know yeah it's funny that we that i'm like i picked this record to talk about and now i'm gonna be really mean to it but like <laughs> <laughs> i can oh i i can totally listen to this record i like this record oh yeah 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 so well, like um, that reminds me i wanted to say like earlier when justin asked you why did you pick this record and i really almost wanted to interrupt like why did Justin make Justin made you pick the record? Is why, like, this record, this record? Like, why is he asking you when he made you pick the worst Dag Nasty record? Yeah, yeah. Well, I like I told him after spinning out too. I'm like this. I just have a career of covering <laughs> DC bands after their prime when they put out weird records that nobody <laughs> but me listens to. <laughs> I, I, I do want to like. I'm, go ahead. Sorry, I do want to make a defense for this record because we actually have a good friend who straight up loves this album and loves this mm-hmm. record. Our our good friend Dave Brown, he hosts uh, one band, Five Songs, excellent podcast. He loves this record. He like super loves this record, and I love eighty five percent of this record. Eighty five, eighty, eighty percent. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> it's the ones we were making fun of are the ones that I'm like, what? What are y'all doing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you've got a real fucking tight EP in here. I mean, like, if you, you pull out a lot of it, put All Ages Show on the record. Mm-hmm. Even put the 1-2-X-U the is a great cover. I love that cover. Yeah. Um, I guess it was because Minor Threat did a cover of it, too. They were like, well, well I think can... that was one of those songs that, like, every DC band was covering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, Stepping Stone also. Like, every, every DC band did that song. Um, Which, yeah. I feel like it... I feel like there's value in including the cover, though. Like, I feel like it's... Oh, yeah. You can... You have that... And people that know are going to know, like, this is a this is like a DC punk standard mm-hmm. playing covers of this song. So, I, I feel like it has its place on the record. Like, they're still doing it. You know, that's it's almost it kind of like... It's a bonus track. Yeah. <laughs> it's it not on the LP. The LP. <laughs> yeah. It's... it's yeah. Uh, the LP ends on... Uh, 16 count which is not a song i mean the actual last song is here's to you which is great i love here's to you oh yeah yeah, that is a good song and um i wonder if there's like a a fortune to be had if like if i went to these people now and was like i i want to give all of these albums a, a digital release that's how i get that's how i buy my boat my yacht is i put out all the like lost wishing well albums 
you could put out that the fourth Marginal Man album or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like start a subscription even... service. Get get all the money up front. Put out two of them. Yeah. Don't release any of the rest, and then just the like, world is live on really your, live on your yacht for like hide some really good uh, field day digital tracks that they can download. <laughs> you know, like there's actually really a lot of good stuff on the album. Like I like the Ruts cover too. Staring mm-hmm. at the Rude Boys. Ruts is another big DC band. Like all the people in DC were really into the Ruts. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it and, fits. Sorry. Um, yeah, it fits real good on the record too. Um, um, I, I was listening when the song "Typical" was on, which I like that uh, one too. It has like some acoustic guitar in there as well, which I thought was funny. Weirdly, I got some Spin Doctors vibes, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow. <laughs> that's the future of hardcore there. Y- you know what? Hard- hardcore with Spin Doctors influences. <laughs> that's what Turnstile is. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's it's just like tougher as Turns. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've so heard like, 311. I've heard 311 brought up a lot in regards to Turnstile, and I and I, I can I can kind of get behind that. But Spin <laughs> Doctors might be a bridge too far. <laughs> I mean, really... The thing I like about that Turnstile record is, like, the Casio keyboard sound effects. Like, that's my favorite part of the record. The drum programming. The drum programming is really great. Um. (laughs) It just (laughs) makes that album for me. Oh, yeah. There's, like, one real short, fast song that I was like, this is what all of the hardcore songs should sound like on this record. It's just, like, short, fast, and then, like, maybe, like, a halftime big riff, and then you do the Casio beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Send yeah. it to Bossa Nova. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, what was I thinking about? Oh, Spin Doctors. Now you've got me on that. Like, if Spin Doctors came out now and they were DIY and they looked a certain way and they behaved on Twitter a certain way, and but put out that exact same music that they put out, they could be called emo now. Yeah. That, cool. That's how loose. That's how loose that term is now. Like you. <laughs> You can apply it to anything. All the all the emo bands now look like they're in Spin Doctors, like just how they dress and like you know bucket hats are back now. And uh, are they? I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. bucket hats. Yeah, I'll find out. I'll find out this weekend. I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. You're gonna be at the mecca of <laughs> of DIY kid. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna see tie dye sweatshirts. Uh, uh-huh. What else? Uh, Lots of wireframe glasses, not uh-huh. thick plastic ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, 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 like, the brass, like, yeah. round, uh, like, hexagon, hexagon, or, yeah, like, the round yeah. ones. Yeah. I'm like, glad this is coming out after Fest, so everyone can <laughs> hate me afterwards. You know, we're talking spin doctors, and given our penchant for being... <laughs> tapped into the zeitgeist really weirdly i have yeah. a feeling i'm gonna like be looking at twitter tomorrow morning yeah and spin doctors is gonna be like the new eve six it's guy gonna be, he's just gonna be <laughs> tweeting all the time we yeah, yeah. hey i'm gonna say it spin now doctors guy is gonna be like fucking starting beefs with like the marcy's playground guy or whatever i can't even is that what the band was called i don't even remember yeah I will say, I remember checking out a copy of Pocketful of Kryptonite from the library, uh-huh. 
uh-huh. and liking it. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a very old-fashioned sentence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Checking out records from the library. I checked it was out a cassette a too. Record from the library in middle school. Which one? That was. I don't remember. Was it Gone Fishing? <laughs> we got yelled at for not liking Gone Fishing. Oh really? Yeah, it's like I don't remember. All of our early negative reviews were mad at us because we didn't like Flipper or <laughs> what was the yeah. other one? Uh, MDC. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nobody loves MDC, really. No. They just had some cool artwork and a cool. Yeah, like... they were just and they were everywhere. Early. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> it's like let's just shit on every. <laughs> Classic beloved. <laughs> Justin's pl- Justin's plan backfired big time. He's like, "Let's do Dagnasty. That's one of those big bands that we haven't done." Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Damn it! It's not on any streaming service. Why? Oh no! This is why. It's on a label that nobody remembers." Yeah, <laughs> it's a record nobody likes. Went to that a band that they that's a label that they were like. All right, we've done what we can with Discord. <laughs> like the greatest <laughs> label of all time. Let's go to this other thing that I mean, who even was that? Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. it was a sub label of a big label. Yeah. yeah, of a weird big label. A weird big label. There were a lot of those. Yeah, I was thinking about Caroline Records. Do you, do you know that label? Because they like put all out, the Misfit like, stuff was right. I think so maybe later and then but they had but it was like uh it was like the Dead Milkman and Agent Orange later stuff and like Tiffany. <laughs> like it was <laughs> <laughs> It's just really interesting how the industry worked back then. Tiffany's uh post mall pop material. No, I think it was like the her biggest mall pop material. <laughs> yeah, I mean like <laughs> I might be mistaken. But it's funner not to look it up, isn't it? No. Just Why like, would we <laughs> So Caroline was a, I looked it up, was a subsidiary of Virgin. Oh, really? They did some pretty big stuff, um, but it's weird because it's like they have Youth of Today, but they also have like Van Morrison in 2016. Um, yeah, they did Static Age. They did... Isn't suicidal like, tendencies. Is it, is it like this is the voice from Agent Orange on that label, I think. Now, now you're making me want to look it up. <laughs> ben Folds 5. Ooh. Hometown Heroes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah, you're from North Carolina. Do you actually yeah. care about Ben Folds? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even... What does that mean? Like, care about him? I mean, I, I hope he's okay. But I mean, like, are you... Would you... <laughs> I I've never really like thought twice about his music in any way whatsoever. Yeah. Other than sure, um, a lot I of people was, around here like him a lot. Yeah. Well, he 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 tapped into that um he did a couple things. One was he somehow brought this weird like Billy Joel sensibility <laughs> to into this snarky sort of um overeducated like sarcastic guy Weezer sensibility, like it's like these, you know what I mean? Because it was like it, it was at the sort of apex of that of that of the slacker thing turning into the like 
everything's kind of stupid thing and he kind of like went into that he was he was there was an irony there that was definitely of its time and he was definitely very talented at that weird thing that he did which was <laughs> like rock out on the piano like i don't know i mean like do i like listen to ben folds no but i guess i kind of get it i mean i remember like we were on do you did are you do you know that band ass factor four from South Carolina. Did you mm-hmm. ever know them? They were like a yeah. great kind of proto screamo kind of thing. But my bands back then, we were like best friends with them and we would tour with them and we would always get, cause they were from South Carolina. We would get in these kind of South Carolina versus North Carolina fights. And I remember <laughs> having like, cause at the time it was like, they would be like Ben Folds fucking sucks. And I'd be like, you Hootie and the Blowfish are from your town. Like that's a million times worse. <laughs> like, I would, if I had to choose, I would want to listen to Ben Folds. There's no irony in Hootie and Bluefish at all. And like, I remember that being like one of our funny arguments that we would have in our <laughs> NC versus SC thing, which is always going to end with us, with us winning, obviously. But yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so to be fair, if I had to choose, I actually would pick Hootie over, uh, oh my over God. Ben Folds. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm I don't gonna like, have to go with Hootie too. I don't like piano guy rock for the. Most I feel like part. I got. I feel like I feel like maybe there's a couple of songs that might pull you over. I'm trying to. I worked in a record store when the first Ben Folds record came out, and I remember being like, "Huh," because it, it had a weird like always had existed quality, which is always kind of an interesting <laughs> thing. And I always wish that I could do it. You know, like when you hear something for the first time, and you're like, "No, I've definitely heard this before." Yeah. And it's almost nostalgic, even though it's not new. It's new, you know? Like, the things I can think that did that were, like, Ben Folds and, like, The Strokes. <laughs> yeah. To do with each other. But Ben <laughs> Folds, like, it's, I was like, is this a Super Tramp song that I already know? Like, <laughs> and it wasn't at all. I'm um, always shocked at how many Super Tramp songs I do know. I'm like, what? How uh-huh. do I know so many? I did that yeah. with, what, Steely Dan's another one where I was like, how do I know like seven Steely Dan songs? I've never listened to a single album by them. Yeah, yeah, because well, you probably know more than seven. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah. because you have listened to, to the ride <laughs> and uh, uh, well, the fox. I, the fox. <laughs> last month, I one of my best friends was in Georgia for a few days, so I went down to hang out with her. And one of our activities was we went to a Hall and Oates concert. And you know and so many of those songs. I, I was kind of like, eh, this is, what's this going to be like? It's going to be, is it going to be like a Bruce Spring? Are they going to play for like four hours? Like, <laughs> and I got to say, it was awesome. <laughs> like, I knew every song. Every song was fucking killer. And they played for like 50 minutes. It was like awesome. Wow. They know, <laughs> yeah. they know they're just, Holland Oats. It was just hit, 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 bye. Like, it was like perfect. They're lucky was, they had that many hits, though, because, like, in the future, oh they're like, what are we going to play? Well, I guess we'll play, uh, God, I don't even know the names of the songs. The one with the clap. And <laughs> Well, a lot of them have that. That's yeah. Private Eyes. Is Private Eyes. That's the one I was thinking of. Which is a very, very good song. Yeah. Um. I enjoyed that concert immensely. We are way off topic now. Yeah, uh, is, that, is that how this is that how this usually goes? We go not, like, just wherever. 
So it depends on the the combustible you... elements of uh, whatever, <laughs> whoever's on the show, usually. We've had some where it's like, yeah, nothing, like we barely talked about the record, but. Oh. <laughs> we've, we've had some episodes that were not tangential enough, mm-hmm. do you feel yeah. like? Yeah. I think we spent a, I think we spent an appropriate amount of time talking about the record so yeah. I, I'm fine with this like, conversation so, going so wherever like, it goes. So we're like, Diagnosy Field Day, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, so what's the deal with Ben Folds? <laughs> I feel really bad because like Dave is our is a great friend and he loves this record and we <laughs> barely talked about it. <laughs> no, Dave. <laughs> we gave this record more exposure than it's gotten in a long time. Well, even I if, mean... Even it's, if only 10 people listen to this, it's more than have listened to anything about Field Day in a really long time. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it's only on YouTube. I guess the way there's no listen. way to get, yeah, there's no way to even really know that it's there. Yeah, you have to why... know it existed. <laughs> right. Because I, I do mean, feel like the rest of their records have, like, appropriate, like, coverage. Like, I feel like Four on the Floor, Minority of One, like, they, they're on streaming services. You can go find those real easy. Yeah, but... those records are on, like, aren't they on epitaph or something though yeah it's it's four Um, on the floor is on epitaph and uh minority ones on revelation so yeah uh, labels that are you know still active (laughs) yeah so like you just would have thought yeah it's it's kind of like like the lost record even though like channel somewhere which is yeah right because like yeah the the dutch east india like naked reagan record we listen to is on spotify you know like but it must it's have got whoever's... picked up by someone else later. It must have been picked up. Like you're saying, Order is stick. it Throb Throb that's on Dutch East? Yeah, I'll have to look. I have that on vinyl. I'll have to look Throb... and see what, what it's on. Throb but, but I Throb it really... was reissued at some point. Yeah, it was yeah. reissued on like Touch and Go or something like yeah. that. Quarter Stick. Yeah, aren't they the same uh, label? Well, yeah. I'm but telling I think it's you, man. This is, this is this is my this is my ticket out of this one horse town. Is... <laughs> Getting the digital rights to Field Day. <laughs> I mean, I guess Peter Kortner can't even get those rights either because, like, no, he had to start a band called Field Day to. That's right. Main, that's weird too main... when you think about it. That you start this band that's sort of I don't really understand what that band's doing. I mean, I like you're right. Like they they they're good and all, but like just leaning into the Dog Nasty thing, and then they're like, let's call it, let's name it after this album that nobody nobody knows about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why, because it's like, well, this is the way to tell people about that album is just make a new band called that album name. I don't know. So they they started just as a band to play the two Dagnasty Records songs. Mm-hmm. So like it was, they started just to play Field Day and um, we got Dinko's songs. Uh-huh. And it's just real weird to like. You start a band without Brian Baker to play Brian Baker's songs. It's There's a lot odd. of weird things going on there, but uh, you know everybody's got to find their joy in this world. <laughs> I mean, that being said, I do like yeah. the Field Day EPs. Yeah, yeah. I think they're really good. So. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, I um, mean, I listened to uh, what was what podcast was he on? He was on one of the one of the like hardcore interview podcasts that I listened to. Doug, the Doug guy. And it was interesting. I can't remember. It was on the. It was the. Um, it was the H two O guys podcast. Oh, uh, I can't remember what it's called. Which is his? He's not Axe to Grind, is he? No, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I don't know how I ended up on it, but um, yeah, he was interesting. And he talked about the band Field Day quite a bit on. But um, 
and I and I had seen Field Day on Spotify even and been like and I'm not even clicked on it. Just I'm like I don't understand what that is. It's like a vaguely <laughs> Doug Nasty looking logo, and then it's called that. And I was like I don't understand. I feel like yeah, if I go in, it has kind of like that wig out like shape on the uh, yeah. It's the a wig artwork. out. Yeah, it's a wig out shape and color. Yeah. Um, I, I yep. listening to this record, I was like, th- I think it was them attempting to do like some version of a mainstream Dag Nasty. Like I listened yeah. to it and it brought to mind um, those Civ records. Like it, mm. it made me think of like they were a hardcore band and then they tried to do go mainstream. And so they did like mm-hmm. Civ. I think Civ was a little bit more successful. Oh, a lot as- more. I mean, he, yeah, they, they actually had hits. Um, Doug Nasty yeah. was never, never charted. I think, well, and I think Civ was more consistent. Those records are more consistent, you know? They're, yeah. They're more listenable. Like, I feel like the efforts to go mainstream here are really jarring and out of place. Mm-hmm. And it's what? not like they, they just, it doesn't feel like they are integrated into their songwriting it's like it really feels this like is an entirely that. different idea a different band almost well you see this with and i, I mean not, maybe not necessarily dognasty but in that time period <clears throat> like late 80s when all these hardcore bands were kind of like we're kind of bored with this style of music and we want to do something different they all seemed to really really love you two at the time <laughs> like you two really <laughs> impacted like a lot of like especially like the posse kind of hardcore bands um and and I don't necessarily think that's what was happening here, but I like again, you're right. Like ambulance song being an example. Like well, I don't know what they were trying to do there. I mean, like was it a Dire Straits? Thing? It, I was gonna say or, like what Dire Straits record came out around 1988. I gotta look that up. I own yeah. the majority of Dire Straits discography on vinyl, so I feel like I should know this. What am I missing? I mean, were they done by '88? No. Uh, no. Are, were you able to find? any reviews of this record that would be interesting to read you know like if if there are like um, magazine if magazines reviewed that record i didn't <clears throat> do my usual diligent uh research when it comes to uh finding reviews um i am curious i did find an all music review and it was pretty positive i feel like it is yeah. it's hard to like speak and type at the same time um <laughs> Oh, here's some. I got one. Here's CMJ and Village Voice. This is far and away the best songwriting as songs and the best collegiate LP I've heard this year. Wow. I mean, maybe they really were like... tapping into something at the time. <laughs> well, um, I mean, too, like a lot of hardcore wasn't, well, a lot of hardcore didn't even really exist during this time period. Like half of yeah. them all went turned into like hair metal bands or yeah, they, they went the U2 direction like, or <clears throat> They all had like new projects. Like everybody had yeah. new stuff. I mean, it doesn't feel like a. Um, it doesn't feel dishonest in that it doesn't feel like they were like we're going to try to be this other thing. It felt more like Brian was like I'm going for it with like what I'm feeling like I need to do. And uh, you know, because it doesn't directly rip anything off. It's just weird. Yeah, jarring is it, a good word for it. It could be too that like Dagnasty kind of had a history of not like staying around. Like they already broke up in '87. Yeah. Yeah, reunited, uh, and then broke up right after this album came out. Like they broke yeah. up in '88. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say these these two contemporary reviews from that time period are glowing. They're like, this is Dag Nasty at their best. Yeah, and this 
yeah they just broke up i think that's what that probably contributes more to this re- record not being remembered because i feel like if they were getting these kind of reviews and they had kept going the next record might have been a big record mm-hmm. might have actually been successful like not maybe not charting but at least like selling a large amount and they might have kept this one in print yeah this cmj review is glowing as well yeah that's um interesting Brian, they even love when they go into neo bluesy territory with the ambulance song <laughs> and la penita oh uh, yeah i did see one thing that was like la penita was like their best songwriting i was like what <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not. It's called All Ages. Show. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, their best song. Too, like it's funny how um, a lot of those the way things go in circles. Like 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 uh, like Seven Seconds went so far into YouTubeville and went and became basically like sort of like hippies, you know. And and but now when they do their reunit reuniting things, they're not playing any of that stuff. It's like mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they're just playing the crew or whatever it's like it's <laughs> funny it's like that period just didn't exist like for like everything it feels like that. yeah unless you were like a college rock band like that's like the right. only thing that gets to survive the late 80s yeah college rock and like what golden age of hip-hop you know mm-hmm. and even then it's not it's like this stuff was fun like that's kind of how it's viewed and not necessarily yeah. like their best material you know so yeah well um maybe to to circle back and bring this all to a close, like I recorded my first seven inch that I ever put out in 89. Yeah. So like, yeah. And I, I just went back and it's on YouTube. I'll send you a link to it. It's, it's way less embarrassing than it has any business being like, it's pretty okay. Actually. <laughs> like I was a child. I was, yeah. you know, my 17? parents probably like drove 16? me to the recording studio yeah, I was like, I think I was 17, I was at least 17 when we were writing it, and probably 18 by the time it came out. Um, it was a, I, one side was was about, uh, was against date rape, which um, wow. I was, you know, as a virgin, I had strong feelings about. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it did not solve the problem, and I apologize for that, but I did write a song <laughs> about it. And I think I hit racism on the other side, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, nothing heavy too, topics nothing for too. a seventeen-year-old. Uh, I know, I know. For a for a like, yeah, upper middle class suburban guy <laughs> in Durham, North Carolina. Um, I mean, on the right side of history, at least. Yeah, yeah. From the I beginning, am, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, the the record after that, I even had like, uh, I had some pro like gay rights stuff. I was all I was all over it. Um, I, actually, that's the only other thing. It's not that bad. But it also, uh, I haven't evolved that much. <laughs> Are we going to listen to it and be like, this sounds like the new Totally Slow. As Doug Nasty did in three years. <laughs> Over 30 years. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, a, that was a, the 80s. What a time. Um, <laughs> hmm. Well, I think we've kind of run out of things to say about this record i guess i mean I that, like, 30 minutes ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean honestly you lost the first half of this whole thing but you don't even really need it we've already <laughs> we've been in here for an hour and 40 minutes so. um <laughs> i will well, see if i can relocate that file for you though but 
If not, this will be one of those weird ones where half of it sounds like a Skype recording, but we're missing the mm-hmm. intro too. <laughs> it's going to be a weird, like I said, it's going to be an odd Frankenstein episode for sure. Um, well, we appreciate you coming on and bringing uh, a record that could make us laugh about <laughs> stuff. Oh, <good. laughs> well, I hope it's entertaining. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for asking me. It's cool. I wish I was going to see OFS. I know. I, I wish I was going to. You know, like, yeah. part of me was scared, too, because I was like, I don't know if a big festival is a good idea right now. No, and then, like, yeah, I know. Numbers went kind of went down, which was, like, I was surprised with that, honestly. I did not yeah. think Americans would actually pull through and actually do the right yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, I remember when it happened, like, when the same variant was happening in, like, India and stuff. It kind of did the same thing. Like, I think it just burns through the population so fast that it kind of it just drops off eventually because it runs out of places to go. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I would necessarily say it's because we've been good at <laughs> controlling it as much as maybe it just ran out of people to make sick for a while. You know, I mean, I, I um, hopefully it sticks, but yeah, I've been up until today. I've just kind of been like, I guess we'll see if we're really going to go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I feel like everything's like that though. I'm just like, yeah, I'll wait and decide if I'm going to go to that show. And then, then mm-hmm. by the time I do decide, they've already sold out. I was like, oh, I guess everybody else was more willing to go to stuff before I was. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Very, very odd point. You know, I was thinking the other day, I was just like, I feel like you don't really hear much about COVID anymore, even though it is very much still here. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, we just get fatigue, I think. And mm-hmm. it's like... Um, oh, Alec Baldwin shot someone. Let's talk about that instead. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, <laughs> or whatever the news is today. I haven't even really looked. But, really, uh, it's really funny that I I was you mentioned that because I was reading an article about that story while listening to the Dag Nasty record. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. It's a really sad thing that. Happened. Oh yeah, for um, sure. We're not laughing um, at that. Just, just. Yeah, <laughs> we're laughing more at the absurdity of just yeah, I know awful yeah. thing existence in 2021. Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> well, I'm well, extremely jealous that you're going to fest. Um, yeah, but tell everyone where we can. Let's see, though these shows will have already happened. So tell everybody right. where the next batch of shows is going to well, be. Well, the next batch of shows will be um, at in November, uh, starting on November. 8th, 18th or 19th. Ugh. We're going to Richmond, Philadelphia, New Jersey, Brooklyn. We're doing like a four show thing. Um, I'm hoping that usually eventually we just something more local will get will pop up. Um, we'll probably pull something together in Greensboro by the end of the year. Um, yeah. And Charlotte usually too. Something usually pops up. So. Right. Um, um, but yeah, go 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 listen to that record if you want to listen to a record and. Um, you can get those from from Refresh, yeah, or from us at the show. Where uh, where can everybody follow you online? That's a good spot. Um, well, Instagram's probably where I'm most active. It's just totally slow on there, and also totally slow on the Twitter. Um, and that's a good way to get in touch with me if you want to get in touch with me. Um, we've got a link tree at totallyslow.com. You can hit. So. We'll make sure to include that in the show notes. Uh, last thing we always ask our guests is to name or shout out a charity or nonprofit they'd like to bring some attention to. Um, I think like I'm kind of focused still on the Texas abortion funds. Um, the I think our label is putting out a comp um, 
in a couple of weeks refresh is that we will have a new track on and um, proceeds from that are going to the Lilith fund. And I think that's a pretty good one, good place to start. Um, so yeah, that's where, that's where my, my efforts have been focused lately. Am I still with you? You've kind of yeah, frozen up on me. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I'll just go with that one. Okay, cool. That'll be in the show notes as well. Right on. Uh, Scott, thanks a lot. Thanks for coming back with the, t- <laughs> even after the technical difficulties and yeah, man, I think it's a fun one to listen to. Awesome. I hope it's a fun one to listen well, to. I'd listen I to look, this. <laughs> I will look forward to meeting you in person. I'm sure it'll Absolutely. happen someday.